your servant John Bevere. Amen. Now rejoice in knowing, even now, the Holy Spirit has begun to position you for greater intimacy by lifting your prayer to the holy throne of the only one who can truly satisfy your every longing. May the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit become more real to you than ever before. Chapter 1 The Greatest Invitation of All Time there is a call, no, a cry, coming from the heart of God, and with each passing day its intensity increases. Why are you satisfied without my presence? Why do you remain distant when you could have intimacy with me? All of us have friends or people we admire and want to be closer with, and a request to share their company fills us with anticipation, joy, and excitement. We happily do whatever it takes to clear our calendar and accept their request. Within the book of James, we find the greatest invitation ever issued. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Stop a moment and ponder this. The Creator of the universe, the earth, and all its inhabitants requests your presence. Not only your presence, but He desires to be intimately close. For we are told He is a God who is passionate about His relationship with you, Exodus 34, 14, New Living Testament. This is God's passionate desire. Since the fall of man, it has taken thousands of years, intricate preparations, and a huge price to open the way for this kind of close relationship. Adam knew the Lord openly, but because of sin or disobedience, was separated from His glorious presence, and His fate extended to all mankind. However, the Father yearned to redeem our fellowship from this terrible separation. In answer, He sent Jesus, God manifested in the flesh, to pay the price that would liberate us from darkness in order to reconcile us to God if we receive Him as our Lord. However, this reunion of God and man has not been preached nor experienced in its fullest extent. We've emphasized the liberation from sin and death, but neglected to declare the intimate fellowship awaiting all who have been made free. This neglect is costly, and even disastrous, as so many miss the beauty of knowing God intimately. A parallel of this tragedy was played out in the Old Testament with the descendants of Abraham. The book of Exodus opens with Abraham's descendants suffering under harsh captivity in Egypt for almost 400 years. In their agony, they began to cry out to God for deliverance. The Lord was moved by their prayers and sent a deliverer by the name of Moses. Though born a Hebrew, he escaped slavery and was raised as a grandson to Pharaoh. He was moved by the plight of his brethren. Israel's deliverance from Egyptian bondage parallels our deliverance from the slavery of sin. Egypt represents the world system, just as Israel is a type of the church. When we are born again, we are set free from the world system of tyranny and oppression. It's not hard to imagine how cruelly the children of Israel were used and abused by the citizens of Egypt. Their backs were scarred by the whips of Pharaoh's taskmasters, they wept as thousands of their infant sons were put to death by the order of Pharaoh. Though they suffered all this cruelty, they seemed doomed to forget. For even after their deliverance from Egypt, 
whenever things went wrong, they would regret their flight from Egypt. But not Moses. He was the only one for whom the conditions had been better. In fact, no one in the world had it better. He was raised by the wealthiest man on earth, lived in the best, ate the best, wore the best. He willingly left all this behind, and unlike the children of Israel, he never looked back. What made the difference? The answer is Moses had encountered God. He saw the fire and drew near. He met the living God in a burning bush on Sinai. Israel did not. When the Lord called him aside, he drew near. Later, when the children of Israel were presented with an even more wonderful invitation, they drew back. See Exodus 20, verses 18 through 21. I very frequently ask...